You're listening to the Conspiracy Realist Podcast, because some conspiracies are no longer theories. Welcome to Conspiracy Realist, the podcast that examines conspiracy theories that people once thought were utter bullshit, but have since been proven to be true. I'm your host, Tom, and with me is a guy who has a love-hate relationship with his liver. It's my (laughs) co-host, Kirk Robinson. What's up? Good morning. How y'all doing today? Good afternoon. Have you been hitting the sauce already, man? Hey, man, these West Indians don't know how to sleep, man. You catch me in between the job, actually. <laughs> well, after today's episode, you may never want to drink again. So, Kirk, what former conspiracy theory that turned out to be true are we going to talk about today? Oh, man, we're going to talk about prohibition, how it was a theory that the government was actually poisoning the alcohol that we were consuming back during prohibition. Holy shit, they wouldn't do that, would they? Uh, shit, that might be a reason I got a hole in my liver right now, to be honest with you, but we'll see. <laughs> so how far did the U.S. government go to prevent the sale and consumption of alcohol in the 1920s and 30s? I wonder if that's where the phrase, what's your poison, came from, you know what I mean? Oh, shit. You know what? That probably makes sense. That probably makes a whole lot of sense. But think about that, bro, man. That, that was government mandated. You know what I mean? I mean, alcohol in and of itself is is already a love-hate relationship with me and alcohol. But, I mean, well, for it to be government-mandated because they were tired of people actually going out there trying to drink. That's right. So the United States government effectively waged chemical fucking warfare against its own people through the intentional right. poisoning and contamination of the alcohol supply. Um, how you feel about that? You know what? I feel a certain kind of way about that. all right well let's get into it kirk let's go all the way back to christmas eve 1926 we need to have that um the flashback music sound effects (laughs) okay (laughs) that's wayne's world okay it was christmas eve 1926 the streets were a glitter with snow and lights i'm painting the scene when Somebody stumbled into the emergency room because he was basically really shit-faced. And he wasn't like normal shit-faced. He was like extra shit-faced. He was actually so wasted that he was hallucinating seeing Santa Claus. Have you ever been that wasted, Kirk? (laughs) No, I haven't seen Santa in a long time. (laughs) I've been Santa for a couple of years now, though. (laughs) I want to see that. (laughs) All right, so this dude ran into uh, New York City's Bellevue Hospital. He was flushed, gasping with fear, because Santa Claus was chasing him with a baseball bat. Okay, that sounds like a typical New York day. Right? (laughs) Before the hospital staff realized exactly how effed up he was, the man died. 
And then another guy came in to Bellevue Hospital and that guy died too. And then another. As dusk fell on Christmas, the hospital staff tallied up more than 60 people who were really sick from alcohol. Eight people died. Within the next two days, yet another 23 people died in the city from celebrating the season. And that wasn't really atypical. I mean, people are always in the hospital from drinking too much. There's normal alcohol (coughs) poisoning, but then there's, this is like extra alcohol poisoning. And the doctors were used to that, right? The bootlegged whiskeys and alcohol moonshine from back then routinely made people sick. But this was different. People were freaking dying in droves from this shit. By the end of Prohibition, it was 10,000 people that were killed. Holy shit. 10,000. 10,000 people. And that's really weird to think about because 10,000 people, that's a lot of people. That's a lot of future generations that were wiped out. You know what I mean? Right. So the deaths, as investigators would shortly realize, came courtesy of the U.S. government. Frustrated that people continued to consume so much alcohol, even after it was banned, the government decided to try a different kind of enforcement. They ordered the poisoning of industrial alcohols manufactured in the United States. And these are products regularly stolen by bootleggers and then resold as drinkable spirits. So they added shit to it to make it drinkable. Now, the idea was to scare people into giving up illicit drinking. Instead, by the time Prohibition ended in 1933, as we said, the Government poisoning program, by some estimates, had killed at least 10,000 people. That's fucked up. So, and, and you know, you know, prohibition actually didn't stop the consumption of alcohol in any significant way, right? No, it probably made it worse. <laughs> it, it, they, when I looked at the statistics, it kind of leveled off. It was basically the same. The people yeah. that wanted to drink were going to drink. The people that didn't want to drink weren't going to drink. It's kind of the way things are. I thought it was kind of like when you tell your kids, don't do that, and they want to do it. Right. No, 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 no. It wasn't. <laughs> no, it wasn't like smoking weed or doing <laughs> anal sex instead of vaginal to kind of make sure you get into heaven. It was that hey. kind of thing. <laughs> It's a it little too the- early in the morning to be talking about the poop hole loophole, Kirk. <laughs> It works. We didn't we didn't sleep together technically, so it doesn't happen. Here's the reason why I wanted to do this episode first, Kirk. This is a good introduction to kind of dip your toes in the water to really wake people up into the whole concept of conspiracy theories. And of course, all the conspiracy theories that we're talking about in this podcast turned out to be true. So we're cutting through all the crap, all the bullshit, and we want to talk about conspiracy theories that turned out to be true. This is a good way. It's a good introduction because if you can get past this one and realize that, Hey, the government did some fucked up shit back in the day. Right. And if they did it back then, are they doing it today? Of course, of course, of course. And again, like I said, we got to remember this wasn't just the government by itself. This was a tax. This was something that people had the option to not do. Right. And they chose to do it. Liquor company specifically, we won't get into any names, but uh, this was a st- this was a tax, and, and in order to avoid the tax, they decided to poison alcohol for consumption. Well, that's a good point. It wasn't just the government; it was the alcohol companies too. Right, 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 right. Now, I, obviously, it, it started with the government, but there were a lot of complacent people involved in this whole thing. Even though ten thousand, I didn't know it was ten thousand. I thought it was a lot lower, 
But uh, yeah, thousands of people died as a result of drinking alcohol. It's estimated to be 10,000. It could be more. Right. Ridiculous, man. Ridiculous. Although it's mostly forgotten today, the chemist's war on prohibition remains one of the strangest and most deadly decisions in the American law enforcement history. Ah, shit, that's debatable. <laughs> <laughs> that's, we'll go with that for this podcast. Though. But see, here's, here's the real messed up thing. What kind of chemicals did they actually use? They use acetone. They use uh, ether, ether. They use kerosene. No wonder people right. were hallucinating and shit. <laughs> they didn't even try to match. Come on, man. You put I'm, well kerosene in the alcohol. Alcohol is already flammable, so I see it. Yeah, but, I uh, get that. Right, right, right. But acetone, zinc. What else did they put in here? Mer- they put mercury salts in there as well. Yeah, put- that shit's lethal. And the whole concept behind it was they knew they were going to lose a few people. I remember seeing that in an article. They said, well, we'll probably lose a few people, but they shouldn't be out boozing anyway. Yeah, they'll get discouraged, right? (laughs) If they see people dropping dead at the party. Right. We're doing it for the greater good. And if we lose a few degenerates, that's okay. Yeah, that Vulcan logic doesn't work. The uh, needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Well, when you're killing motherfuckers. Right, right. When you're right. putting nicotine, formaldehyde, chloroform, Kirk, they're basically embalming people before they're dead. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Pretty preserved corpses is what they were doing. Exactly. So it didn't stop there, Kirk. We're talking about the 1920s and 30s, but let's fast forward to the 1970s. And now alcohol is legal. But what is illegal at this point? It's the ganj, the marijuana. Oh, weed? Yeah. Weed. <laughs> They didn't stop with alcohol, Kirk. In the 1970s, the government decided to spray marijuana fields with paraquat, which is an herbicide. No and it shit. Was used, yeah, it was used to destroy crops. But the government officials also insisted that awareness of the toxin would deter marijuana smokers. Do you think that worked? Of course not. Of course not. <laughs> of course not. And look, at what, and look at what we're going through now in 2020, man. There was a gentleman that had a... Uh, 40-year sentence in Florida that was just released. Just released. Oh, with marijuana? Over marijuana, bro. It's yeah, a plant. That, the tide is turning, I think. We're, we're going to slowly turn into a, a green country, so to speak. But Oh, yeah. They used an herbicide. An herbicide, this was before Roundup. And, and as you know, Roundup is a cancer-causing herbicide. Right. So who knows how many people were afflicted with cancer as a result of smoking this tainted weed. So again, the government poisoned the alcohol, killed 10,000 people back in the day. In the 70s, they started poisoning the marijuana, the weed right. fields. Who knows how many people died as a result of that or developed cancer? What What are they doing now, Kirk? That's what we have to talk about. What are they poisoning now? Right, right. Well, right now we got COVID going on and they got a supposed vaccine. And I know on one end, people are kind of like, look, just take the vaccine. We don't have any kind of problem. On another end, people are like, there's no fucking way I'm going to take a vaccine. And then there's people, I'm kind of in the middle. I'm like, okay, well, I want to see who mutates into the Incredible Hulk and see what happens first. But these fears, some people say aren't rational at all. But when you talk about prohibition in 1920, and then again, what you're talking about in the 1970s with weed, how they poisoned the weed. 
these things are these things are common. They have a pattern. We're showing a pattern, right? We're showing a trend. Showing a pattern. We're showing a trend. Like, and obviously, there's a lot more examples to be shown in the middle of that. But I think it's just always important to be self-educated to a certain extent. Don't just read what people tell you to read. Do your own research. You got to find out what's going on. Because, of course, I didn't think that the government would poison liquor. Why would I think that? You know what I mean? As much liquor as I drink. But... Right. That's that's an actual fact that actually happened. And the government admitted that they did it, which is the important thing. There's one thing to say that there's rumors and so on and so forth, but this was actually this was actually confirmed. Well, if some people listening think this is still bullshit, we can point you to some sources and we'll put this up on our Instagram page. But we have some fact check sources. Uh, Library of Congress, Prohibition, a case study of progressive reform, Encyclopedia Britannica. How was prohibition enforced? American Journal of Public Health. Did prohibition really work? Alcohol prohibition as a public health innovation. And we've got plenty of sources here that can verify what we're talking about. They did actually poison the alcohol supply. This is, in fact, true. What I'm curious is how long it took them to actually admit that they did it. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. Let's see if we can find out. U.S. government, man. Shit. So gangster. (laughs) <laughs> i you told you i don't want you told you i don't want you drinking i don't want you drinking that shit throw some kerosene in there they'll stop it u.s government is like samuel l jackson and black snake moan <laughs> got us by the chain right for the greater we good yeah. we're doing it for the greater it's for your own good yeah being this fucking can and can't do that's messed up well kirk officially the special denaturing program which is what they called it the denaturing of alcohol and that's when they added all the chemicals in started killing people that officially ended once the 18th amendment was repealed in december of 1933 slowly the government officials quit talking about it and then when prohibition ended and the good grain whiskey reappeared it was almost as if the craziness of prohibition and the poisonous measures taken to enforce it had never quite happened. So they kind of swept it under the rug. Imagine that. Oh, yeah. Our government, man. Our government didn't work. And I, don't get me wrong. I'm not one of those anti-government people to a certain extent. Come well, on, I don't man. think I am either. But you know what they say about absolute power. What does it do? It corrupts, absolutely. And there you go. There was no form of retribution for the people that actually look. I was looking into the cases and nobody actually sued the government. The government didn't put out any kind of fucking, uh, they didn't give it, disperse any kind of money to the families or anything like that. They just basically did that shit and was like, oh, well, yeah, sorry. No class right. action lawsuit. No, if you consume absolutely. alcohol during the 1920s and 30s, you may be entitled to a large settlement. <laughs> the fucking Texas hammer or some shit. I'll get you your money. <laughs> If you drank alcohol, how come everything goes back to my Alex Jones voice? If you drank alcohol in the 20s and 30s. Right, right. I can only do one impression. (laughs) Well, him and the the Texas Hammer sounds similar. Call it right now. What the fuck is the Texas Hammer? What's the dude's name? Uh, I don't know. I can just call him the Texas Hammer. It's one one of Right, exactly. (laughs) We're just delirious <laughs> at this point. Maybe we've been drinking denatured alcohol. I don't know. Right, right, right. I got oh. ether poisoning right now. Right, that's ether. right. That's right. All right, Kirk. Well, I think we'll go ahead and wrap this puppy up. All right. Listen, appreciate y'all making your way over here to our Conspiracy Realist podcast. We're just getting started, so we appreciate any kind of subscriptions and so on and so forth. 
And especially if you have friends and family that you're trying to wake up or quote unquote red pill, subscribe to this podcast, share it with them because again, we're taking kind of a humorous, lighthearted approach to some of these topics, but they're really, really messed up when you really start to think about it. You're talking about the government killing 10,000 people and then swept it under the rug like it never happened. Um, People need to hear about this and people need to be made aware so they can, of course, draw your own conclusions. Don't take what Kirk and I say is fact. Go out and do your own research. And then again, yeah, share it with your friends and family. Let's wake everybody up because um, if there's one thing that 2020 has done, it's kind of justified the conspiracy theorists and um, really given them a platform. So again, this is the Conspiracy Realist Podcast. Join us next time because... Some conspiracies are no longer theories. Thank you for listening to the Conspiracy Realist Podcast. Connect with us on Instagram at Conspiracy Realist Podcast. 